0: Welcome to the Innovation and Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month, we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller.
1: My guest today is Charles Egan, the Chief Technology Officer at BlackBerry. Charles, welcome to the discussion. Thank you. Very happy to be here, Jason. Let me set some context for our conversation today. In January Federal News Network asked federal employees how big of an impact did the BlackBerry handheld device have on your agency and 73% answered it had a very it was very impactful. So when the BlackBerry decided to stop supporting this much beloved device it marked an end of an era in the federal government but what it didn't do is mark the end of what made BlackBerry so popular. I know Charles it did not I'm not talking here about the end of the keyboard that everybody loves the majority of the people I talked to for the story said I love the keyboard Rather, really what we're talking about is what made BlackBerry popular is the security. Several respondents to the survey mentioned how they trusted the BlackBerry device and the company, of course. And they may also say that they told stories about how BlackBerry was one of the few devices, if not the only device that really actually worked during the September 11th attacks. It was that security, that trust that helped establish the device and the company in the federal sector. And now BlackBerry, as Charles will tell us, is much better known as a security company. So as agencies move towards the zero trust architecture, continue to expand their networks to support remote workers and the hybrid workforce and address the challenges of connected devices, the ever-growing cybersecurity challenges becomes even more complex. So how can agencies navigate the current cyber environment to find the right balance of security and accessibility? Well, that's where my guest comes in. Once again, I'm joined by Charles Egan, the chief technology officer at BlackBerry. Let's start kind of back a little bit. The handheld device, as you know, as I mentioned, it was very popular. People loved it. Uh, but it's actually it was the precursor to where you are at today and, and the focus on security. How, walk me through that, that transformation, if you will, and, and how did a simple handheld device take you to security?
0: Yeah, well, uh, listen, uh, I think there's uh, long and short versions of that story, but I'll stick to the short version for, uh, for the key points. Um, certainly, built, you know, creating the mobile workforce and with security was a big part of Black Earth's heritage. And you know we did we did more than our ten thousand hours; it's probably our ten million hours of uh, uh, you know the the intricacies of how you build and deploy millions of devices globally in a secure way. And there's lots of there's lots of muscle memory in that, in that activity that is still relevant today. The cyber challenges have not diminished, and the connected devices has have not diminished. So so along the journey, somewhere around 2013, John Chen joined our company as a new CEO, and his that's where we started our transition to software. Our our focus has really been, uh, you know, how do we create security and privacy for connected devices? And and our pivot to software uh, started as early as 2013, and much more formally around 2016, we announced that we were moving to security software. So, um, you know, it, it was sort of a natural pivot to continue to do the things that we were good at, which was security in markets both cybersecurity and IoT that are uh, in, let's say, lots of need of this kind of security.
1: The pivot came at a time, and, and I think that's where I want to take the conversation, is the security challenges are increasing, the number of connected devices are increasing. What is it about connected devices that makes them so difficult? We know, okay, I'm connected to your network, you're connected to a network, or we're potentially on the same network, but maybe break it down to the next level
0: yeah, so, so with with the advent of connected devices, there's a lot more personal information and financial information and business information that's flowing. Um, there's not a lot of standards either for the connecting of devices. So, you know, people are putting rogue devices in their enterprises and in their homes, and uh, we're making it easier for the cyber uh, threat actors to, uh, to, to, you know, it only takes one one attack point to be able to to get in. So uh, you know the the convenient the behavior of business is impersonal and entertainment. Uh, the, to say it's an explosion of connectivity uh, is 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 an understatement, and we kind of all know that. I know in your original uh, focus on BlackBerry, you know, the concept of someone answering a phone caused a uh, you know a dramatic reaction to people, and you know that's 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 pretty much. Uh, uh, if, if it's inverted, it's it's inverted
1: uh, times 10,000, right? That was one of my favorite stories from former OMB, Robert Shea, that he, a la Maxwell Smart. And, and yes. it was, back then it was, it was just weird, right? Now today it's more normal than anything else. The connected devices piece, and, and a lot of people think of connected devices and we think of IoT, right? Internet of Things. and, and But you're not just talking about that piece because that, that gets, you know, the IT versus the OT or the integration of the two. You're really talking about, uh, my right now, I'm connected to my Wi-Fi network with my computer. I have a phone. I have my, my desktop computer. I have my my PlayStation, my TV. You're, that's what you mean by connected devices at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so there's the the most uh, innocent connected device I heard was a clothespin that that detected the rain and let people know. But yes, there's so much connectivity going on. Uh, smart homes, uh, smart cities, connected automobiles. You know, connected computers, desktops, laptops, we're surrounded by them. We have more IP addresses per person uh, going up. And, and like if you look at a home network, there's hundreds of connected devices. And people are, you know, sometimes lose track of how much connectivity is actually going on. You know, there's, uh, you know, connected fish tanks and connected, uh, you know, so certainly, certainly the smart the smartphone, but tablet, computer, servers. Uh, cars. Um, you know, the, the the smart city is really uh, a focus point for lots of this connectivity.
1: And then when you go, the the other side of it is the operational technology. And for agencies and private businesses and other organizations, you're talking about HVAC. You're talking about the technology that lets you walk in and, and validates and verifies that you are Charles Egan and you are allowed to come in through the gates. That, yes. That's a whole different set of connected devices as well
0: yeah certainly the badge access the the real time camera scanning detection face detect uh you know hvac uh certainly certainly the 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 wide spectrum of of you know smart buildings as well
1: so when we talk about these connected devices what is difficult or or why is it difficult to secure them i know from listening and reading the zero trust strategy that's uh all the rage across the federal government today, they're talking about know what your endpoint devices are. That's really the key, what are your endpoint devices? And and that really comes back to something that BlackBerry did with phones, you knew what your phones were.
0: Yes, yeah. It's interesting, something you, you rarely heard was a BlackBerry device has been cloned or rooted and, and that was, you know, that's quite an achievement because most other devices, uh, that's not such a rare occurrence, let's say. Um, but yeah, the, 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 uh, the importance of, of getting sort of a holistic security framework, that includes, you know, user authentication, device authentication, network authentication, and making sure, you know, things as simple as passwords are actually a security liability because it's, it's static, it's not, it's fixed and once known, you have access to someone's password protected information. So this is why the move to zero trust, where trust is something that's transactional and uh, it's earned and then it's taken away uh, is, is really important. That's why uh, Biden's executive warrior, uh, looking at the you know, uh, software bill of materials is really important and um, you know, trying to understand with the, with the <laughs> going slightly off track here, but the amount of open source software being used in, in devices it's it's the attack the attack surface is really uh, quite broad. so you can you can attack the network, you can attack the open source, you can attack the user identity. you know there's all kinds of uh, um, increased cyber threats uh, hackers for hire going on.
1: And that just obviously makes it more scary and, and more important that again, you establish trust, you earn the trust then it's transactional. You trust today but you trust in an hour and 10 minutes from now however right. long it is. And I think that's part of it. And I want to go back to though, the, something you said that the authentication piece, network device, there's, a, there's a lot going on that you have to authenticate to, to establish that bond, that, that, that earned a trust. How are agencies doing today? Are, are they getting through that? Are they at the beginning of stages? What are you seeing?
0: Well, I know the executive order pushes the move to zero trust. And uh, I think there is an evolution going on as people start to, uh, so start to look at their current infrastructure and figure out how, how vulnerable they, they really are. Um, certainly part of our BlackBerry portfolio um, is the, the reliance on artificial intelligence to do this dynamic security modeling to, you know, to, de- to detect the mobile devices, the computers, the network that, that could be compromised. So um, you know, certainly artificial intelligence is an important part of building the solutions to you know, detect when these have been compromised. But, but I, I think you first need to understand what you have in your network, and then you need to understand where you're, what are the threats and how you're preventing against them because uh, you know, hope is not a good plan for your cyber strategy.
1: A common, common uh, refrain I've heard many times, hope is not a plan. Uh, and I think that's interesting, you went back to reliance on AI because there's so many devices and the devices change and the threats change, there's no way you or I the human in the loop, right? We need to be in the loop, but we can't make that first, oh, there's a problem alert. Is that why agencies are starting to look at AI as that initial, okay, that's going to alert us what's going on and then we can decide where to go next?
0: Yeah, like uh, uh, it's been several years now, we acquired silence and they had an AI model that was uh, gave us a, a leg up in terms of detecting malware, for example. And the thing was it didn't key off a signature, it keyed off behavioral patterns that looked malicious so it could be something like oh there's a lot of files being read from the internet or being sent to the internet or there's a directory that's being operated on we didn't know specifically what the malware was but we knew that it kind of smelled bad and this was something that uh we could give a probabilistic uh determination that before you uh execute this file you should know that it's 70 percent chance that it's malicious so so this is why you know we think uh solid cybersecurity strategy needs to do uh, prevention. So, you know, it's much harder to contain a cyber threat once it's been let into the network uh, and, and exposed. So, so, you know, we use AI, for example, to detect something before it's ever opened. So it doesn't create any of the cleanup challenges that, that would otherwise be needed. So, you, you know, in security, you've probably heard the term defense or uh, breadth and depth and, uh, you, know, you need to cover all the walls of the safe so to speak so um, but but yeah that, that's uh, AI there's so much data moving it's hard for human time to um, to detect and prevent damage and and there's so many attack uh, potential attack vectors you really need automated uh, detection and response because once something is uh, uh, you know has infiltrated the you know, isolating it becomes much more challenging
1: in general. And right. I think that's also part of the why the zero trust piece is so important, because if you're trusting each transaction, hey, this this application, this network, this piece of data, that that trust factors, you know, the handshake happens each time. So hopefully you can stop that lateral movement, because as we've seen time and again, once the attackers get in, they move laterally very quickly and it's hard to find them. I, th- I think that's, that's the key. I want to go back to one thing uh, you said before we got into the AI conversation, which is first you need to understand what's on your network. And I think agencies have been going down that path for quite a while with the Continuous Diagnostics and Mitigation program and other things we've seen in the Executive Order Endpoint Detection and Response. Is is that what you're seeing agencies are doing today, or that's really the focus initially? Yeah, yeah. So, so I,
0: you know, I, I think, I think the initial focus of trying to find out truly what's on the network is important, and 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 there is a. a there's attempts via policy to remove to to slow down, you know, rogue connected devices. But there's also more systematic ways, such as you know, network monitoring and, um, uh, um, you know, to, so sort of sort of looking at, at what's going on in your network and what what kind of behaviors you're, you're seeing. But yes, trying to understand what what is connected and and trying to architect things. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing this where people are trying to. Uh, isolate critical systems so that access to one part of the network doesn't necessarily give access to more critical parts of the network. So, uh, you know, security is something that's kind of hard to retrofit. So if you design things to be partitioned with, you know, the least amount of people that need to see it, uh, seeing it with uh, with privileges being assigned and then removed so that it's not a long-term access that could be infiltrated later on by some malicious actor uh it's all part of that
1: holistic uh best practices all right charles we're going to continue our conversation we're going to take a quick break and we'll get into some of those best practices you're listening to the discussion innovation in government sponsored by carisoft on federal news network
0: ransomware attacks are on the rise with limited resources new mandates and executive orders your agency can't afford to rely on yesterday's technology BlackBerry cybersecurity solutions powered by Silence AI stops ransomware, malware and malicious attacks before they happen. Let BlackBerry show you how to prepare, prevent and respond to today's sophisticated and ever-evolving security threats. Visit
1: blackberry.com/prevent today. That's blackberry.com/prevent. Welcome back here listening to the discussion Innovation and in Government sponsored by CareSoft on Federal News Network. I'm your host Jason Miller. My guest today is Charles Egan, the Chief Technology Officer at BlackBerry. Charles, before break, we're talking about some of the the, the challenges agencies are having, why they should think about AI, how AI can really help them get to understanding what problems or challenges or threats they face right away and then bring the human in the loop. Let's kind of build upon that and talk a little about some of the trends in the cybersecurity space. What are agencies and other organizations facing that, that AI could help them overcome?
0: Okay, well, the, the quick answer is there's higher stakes and greater threats happening. But uh, just to fill that out a little bit more, um, you know, with so something that I think has been massively accelerated by the uh, by the current world situation is the you know the work from anywhere initiative uh, that has dramatically increased the stakes of cybersecurity. So as everyone went home and, and started working, uh, that environment wasn't necessarily secure, and we had to figure it out as we went along. Uh, incidentally, I think we've probably built up some security backlog. There's probably some sense of information uh, out there being stored and uh, managed in uh, insecure ways just out of necessity. So there's probably some cleanup required, but, but across the general cybersecurity market, the activity is just, just taken off. Like hackers are more sophisticated in their attacks, state actors are more brazen, um, attacking critical infrastructure. You know, pipelines, food, food supply chains, IT infrastructure. Um, you know, we have a every year we do a threat report that goes into great detail about all, all kinds of different threats. So the, the 2022 threat report, but but I think there's a great urgency for companies and governments to strengthen their cyber resilience because of this increased uh, attack. You know, once again, I'll mention the supply the the uh, executive orders need to understand the supply chain. That's there's there's lots of surprises as people start to publish their software bill of materials. I'm sure, and uh, you know, so so I think um, you know there's there's much more AI driven cybersecurity tools to analyze this telemetry from all the sources. There's there's much more uh, automated threat response being built across the industry, and and I think our AI driven approach, its core to our mobile protection, our desktop protection, our network protection. Um, it's one of One of the tools in our arsenal on on how we can, you know, you know, create create the right security infrastructure to help agencies, uh, you know, get get that more protected state of uh, operations within this increased threat. Um, You know, hackers for hire. uh, There's all kinds of there's a long list of potential, um, you know, new and emerging threats that are coming out.
1: I'm so glad, though, you did not mention ransomware. I think that's so 2020, 2021, right? There's so many yeah. other ones that, that are out there. But you did mention SBOM, Software Build material, several times. Let me maybe throw you a little bit of a curveball. What's the thoughts around SBOM? Is it something that BlackBerry does? Is it something you're looking to do? And, and maybe even just more broadly, what, what do you hear from your colleagues in, in the industry about it? Yeah. So
0: so yes yes. So so in fact we do have a BlackBerry Jarvis tool that does a binary analysis to do software bill of material for embedded systems. So small commercial. But uh, you know we also do a very, you know, as part of our software selection, you know, we supply software into you know all the G seven governments and banks and uh, critical you know high assurance type type use cases. Um, We have a very uh, very formal SBOM management and cyber CVE management as part of our software development practices internally. And so uh, there's so much attention coming with this executive order as the world is coming to terms with how they comply with this. And, and so we're, we're, you know, of course we have to comply as a company and, you know, as the industry uh, deals with that, it's not, it's certainly being driven by the federal space, but all, I think all eyes are on this and it's becoming sort of, we're seeing this come up in our automotive contracts and other non-federal related cases. It, it's, it's, a, it's a need to, you know, it's a global need to sort of understand the pedigree. It's like the, the food labels. Uh, it's, it's, it's helped people understand what's going on. The same thing's needed for software.
1: The one thing I've heard from my colleagues outside in the private sector and the technology world is, specifically on the zero trust strategy, but more broadly, I think on the EO, there are some things in there that, that was actually put the government ahead of the private sector. And I think we're starting to see that catch up, as you mentioned about SBOM, as you're starting to Blackberry starting to get those questions from other sectors. So I think that's a good thing that there seems to be this path that a lot of organizations, public or private sector are heading down. And I think the reason why is because of some of the trends you mentioned, hackers and state actors, more brazen, more sophisticated. What can agencies do to, to kind of deal with those issues i mean it's 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 yes endpoint detection response and yes it's zero trust but like all that's going to take some time are there some if we will short-term things that agencies can start to do to really impact and improve their cyber security
0: yeah yeah so so it, it's sort of like uh the endpoint protection endpoint detection response you know the the uh the device device and policy management you know there's all kinds of security that's happening on a mobile device i guess an example would be uh, you may not know it, but you won't be allowed to send non-encrypted data over a public Wi-Fi. Like these are the sorts of security policy you have by having good uh, device policy management. So so I think, um, uh, you know, ha- having partition networks, uh, EDR, uh, uh, EPP, uh, you know, as, as it evolves with more, more data telemetry, there's going to be more of a, uh, you know, more examples of how we can use AI to detect cyber threats across this larger data source. We have mobile data, we have computer laptop data, we have server data, network data, and, and sort of the user behavior data is an interesting one too that we haven't really talked about, but a password's pretty, say it's, it's pretty cool, cool, Jason, if I'm using my phone and and I hand it to you and it locks up because you hold your phone at a different angle and you do different things than I do, that that's the kind of thing we need to be looking at how we do, you know, behavioral analytics built into everything we do so that you're continuously authenticating who you are and not counting on some password that I'm sure in the government, no, one's writing their password on a sticky, or at least not both of their passwords, but, but, uh, you know, any level of, you know, two factor authentication can be compromised. So, uh, you know, looking for how they can get more, more of the zero trust, uh, uh, technologies built into their solutions, I think, is, uh, is is really good. If you do an audit of where you've hard-coded trust into your network, I, I think it would be an extremely long list. Every firewall, every password, every user group, uh, you know, it, you, the, the whole system is designed on hard-coded permissions. So the push, the, the move to true transactional trust, I think is, uh, it, it is a great direction to be going in.
1: I remember Terry Howerson, the former DOD CIO brought this up, maybe 2015, 2016 timeframe uh, that the cyber would be based on how you walk, how you type, how you hold your phone. And uh, everyone was like, no way. That's great. That's no way it's going to get there. Do you, do you get that sense that, that we're heading in that direction? I mean, right now I know for instance, if Charles Egan logs on from, I don't even know where you're located Charles, but, but Virginia, and then an hour later you log on from California. That's pro- that, that, can be done today but 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 how you hold your phone is that something that we're starting that's near future yeah yeah so so in, in fact we have a blackberry persona
0: it doesn't it doesn't do the angle of your phone but 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 it is like what types of things does charles you can do he opens outlook or what web browser does he use what's your typing speed you know there, there's a number of factors that are uh that are built into a uh uh, continuous authentication platform today. So that is, and there's other UEBA solutions in the market that are doing behavioral analytics. And, and so I, I do, I like, it. it's not as, um, um uh, as, as what, wide, widespread. sci-fi. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, we've been doing, uh, uh, it's somewhat relevant as people are doing more business in their cars with the connected cars. We do, you know, driver distraction or uh, driver um, uh, identity. You know, the the your car could become part of your identity platform. And what you talked about was geographic and geo-infeasible uh, type solutions. You can't be in California and Virginia at the same time. So, so there's lots of simple data models like that that can detect. Um, you know, you know that 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 one vulnerability that you may not have. Uh, uh, you know. Uh, prepared for. And, you know, you, you'd asked earlier, I, I would say, um, you know, having a cyber audit uh, to, to, and and is, is, I think, a best practice. And the other thing, when you look at the unfortunate souls that are compromised, you should look in the mirror and say, is my organization or my agency vulnerable to such a, uh, you know, such a solar winds type event? Uh, am I protected against it? Or and was I lucky or how can I be protected against it? Use real world events happening to try to, uh, you know, take advantage if you're not the unfortunate uh, person that was attacked.
1: You brought up connected cars. Let's just go there for real quick because uh, we're running short on time here. But what's the big ch- trends you're seeing in the IoT space? Maybe just give me one or two of the big trends. Oh, yeah. so So certainly in connected cars, there's a,
0: there's a very large trend to much higher uh, compute capability in the vehicle. And the reason for that is the electrification, um, the the fact that there's more driver assist leading towards autonomy, uh, 5G, uh, the increased connectivity to the vehicle. Um, So people have more time in the vehicle and they have more CPU cycles available. And we all know when you have CPU cycles, and time, you know, new new applications will, will arise. So, so that connected car will become a, a platform that people are interacting with and it, it with payment systems, with authentication required, and you know, quite possibly a bit, you know, critical business communications going on as well. So that all needs
1: to be protected. All right. And it's not just cars, right? It's 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 much more than that. Yes. Uh, Charles, uh, we got about thirty seconds left, so let me just ask you: What's the big takeaway from our conversation today? What should what's the one thing you want to make sure people and audience knows about?
0: Yeah, the, yeah. So, so I I think there's a, you know, one of the high-level thoughts that I have is that security is not something you want to be retrofitting. You you want to you want to learn. We have a long list of wisdom that comes from the cybersecurity background. We should be applying that so that we can react and adapt to the you know the next level threats that are coming. So. You know, playing catch up and not ha- having partial solutions is not is not a great uh, mode of operation. So I think you need to look at the holistic total. You need a six-walled safe, and and you need to be prepared for future threats as well. So uh, you know, b- b- basically, um, I really believe that the AI uh, technologies is one of those things that gives us a step function ability to uh, to help fight the cyber the increased threats that are coming out, but. Uh, you know, with, with, with that, I think, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, BlackBerry has a lot of security technologies and uh, we're we're spending our days still, as in the past, trying to create security and privacy for connected communications for this mobile uh, workforce. Thank you for that. As I time. heard
1: a recent chief information security officer tell me uh, secure by design is really going to be the future for a lot of these agencies. Uh, Charles, we have a lot more to talk about. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. So let me thank my guest. Charles Egan is the Chief Technology Officer at BlackBerry. Charles, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, Jason. I enjoyed our conversation. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to the discussion "Innovation in Government," sponsored by Carisoft on Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search innovation.
0: Thank you for listening to the Innovation and Government Show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Network. The entire discussion can be found on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com, keyword innovation.